0: Welcome to Steeping Around, sponsored by the Maya Tea Company. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea. Joined in studio today by the ever-silent Sarah Price, editing the show and making us sound beautiful. And as always, co-host Lisa Durfus, making us laugh, mostly.
1: Oh, that's so nice. You can make me laugh, too. You're pretty good at it.
0: How was your new year?
1: It was great. It was very nice. I actually went to a party. Yay! Yeah, which is the first time in years. I figured that's got to be pretty good.
0: And I did the reverse. I just hunkered down at home, which has been a long time since I did that.
1: So we did the opposite of what we would normally do.
0: Indeed. And I'm glad that the new year actually came around because, you know, all of the talk of the apocalypse on the 21st and the end of the Mayan calendar. But it seems like time is certainly marching on. I think that the cool thing about the new year is the fact that, you know, it gives you a time for reflection. Certainly against the backdrop of the apocalypse and you go, well, I guess I got to figure out what's going to go on for the new year. Now we need to figure it out. Did you make any resolutions?
1: You know what? I'm not really one for resolutions that much. I mean, I definitely do take some time to reflect on things on how I would like to do it differently, but... I don't know. I don't make like these definitive resolutions.
0: Neither do I, because I'm always in the process all year long. Yes. Trying to do things differently and better, but I can't make a resolution on like New Year's Day and then just say, oh, I'm going to work out every day. And
1: Yeah, it's an ongoing process for me throughout the entire course of the year. And I know what areas in my life that I want to work on, but I don't have to sit there and write them down. And if I don't do so well one day, I'm not going to berate myself.
0: That's right. But one of the things I think that confronts us is we don't always know what changes we need to make in our lives. You know, sometimes you have to consult an outside person and Mm -hmm. says, you know what, I think that there's something going on here. What are some things that I can really do that can make a big difference in my life?
1: Well, sure. And I always feel a little bit of apprehension as I am entering into the new year about what it's going to bring. And I do kind of ponder about that a bit.
0: Well, sometimes you just need some guidance. And that is what our show is. Is about today. The subject is tassiomancy, the art of tea leaf reading. And people had always said, hey, you know, as a tea guy, have you ever had your leaves read? Do you do it? Is it something that you are interested in? And I didn't really know a lot about it. And then we got the opportunity to interview an absolutely fabulous tea leaf reader. Her name is Amy Taylor. She's out of Canada. She's in Hamilton, Ontario. And in fact, we spoke for quite a while and we had just an amazing conversation. I think for today's show, we want to cover the history of it all. Amy's history as well as the history of tea leaf reading and where it comes from. Both of which
1: are very, very interesting. I find it fascinating. So I'm really kind of excited about this whole series.
0: Well, let's go ahead and begin with a clip that talks about Amy's history personally because even that unto itself is quite fascinating. Let's take a listen. So we're here with Amy Taylor, and she is the expert on Tassia which is the science of tea leaf reading. And I'm not sure if it's science or art, but I suspect that by the end of this interview, we will find out. Welcome to the program, Amy.
2: Thank you very much.
0: So Amy, there's a lot of history that we have to talk about. Let's talk a little bit about your history. Okay. How did you become a tea leaf reader? Where does that come from?
2: Well, it's kind of by fluke. I was adopted, so I was raised in the family that tea leaf reading wasn't part of the culture. And by complete fluke, we were sitting in a Chinese restaurant of all places. Uh, I think it was my birthday or something. And I had the teapot in front of me and my sister was sitting across the table from me. And she asked me to pour her some more tea. And I just happened to look into that little Gong Fu style cup that they have, right? So I actually was keeping the pot in front of me because I looked into my entire family's cups that night. <laughs> now, I've never read their leaves since, <laughs> might I add. I would rather see fate play out the way fate's going to play out without having any preconceived notion of it, but that piqued my curiosity. So I did a bunch of research and went and saw a few elderly psychics in Toronto that had tea leaf reading as part of their repertoire, and I learned some valuable lessons from them, and then I started experimenting, and by the early 90s, I'd say probably 93, I started reading professionally.
0: Wow. I like how you use the word that this is a fluke, because apparently, based upon what we know of your life, it's not exactly a fluke, right?
2: Not exactly. I mentioned earlier, I was adopted, right? So I was reunited with my biological mother in 2007, and I found out through her that it goes back three generations. It goes back to my great grandmother from Leeds, England. She was a tea leaf reader, and I had no idea of any of this information until 2007. It took me a while to get my jaw off the floor. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm I'm not sure exactly flukish here. Fluke implies accident, and it seems there's some serendipity here. Well,
2: you know what, and that also goes back to the whole adage of nurture versus nature, and who knows, right? All I know is that I'm blessed on many levels, so there you go.
0: That's wonderful. So let's talk about what one needs to be a tea leaf reader. Special skills, training, intuition, Let's say I decided, I want to be a tea leaf reader. What do you think a tea leaf reader really needs to do this well?
2: Well, having been teaching it for the last 12 years, I think anybody can do it. Anybody that's ever had that deja vu moment, they have the ability to see something. Mm. You know, if you have that preconceived feeling that you've been there before, you've seen this happen before, you've heard that conversation before, that's precognition. That is actually your subconscious and your conscious mind sort of saying, yeah, let's talk.
3: Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's a lot of what psychic ability is about. So yes, it's partially being psychic. It's being very intuitive, but it's also being in touch with everything that's around you. So people can learn that because it's a muscle I believe that everyone has, but you don't know it until you actually start to flex it. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I completely understand what you're saying because I'm not claiming to be a psychic or anything, but I will be the first person to tell you that as an entrepreneur, as a business person, we get feelings. We get notions that, you know, I think I should call that client. I think I should look at this outlet. Mm
2: -hmm. And that's following your gut instinct, which is your strongest form of natural intuition.
0: Agreed. And so I can suspect that people who can be in touch with their gut with that precognition really will thrive as tea leaf readers. What about training? You said you teach tea leaf reading. What do people have to go through in order to be trained in this?
2: Well, I'm teaching it to people because I was never taught. I realized years ago it was not being passed down in the traditional ways anymore. Kids stop listening to their grandparents or their great aunts or whoever it is that might actually have this talent or skill. And when it comes to teaching it, I can stretch my courses over 12 weeks if I wanted to. I try to do them more as intensives. I do four and a half hour courses. What does a person need? An open mind and the ability to just try. Not everybody gets it. Not everybody's able to shut off that analytical side of their brain to open that creative edge that allows you to see things that you wouldn't normally be seeing. Wow. I know, cool, right?
0: (laughs) I love that answer because it's sort of venturing into the beyond, into the next realm, so to speak, to see what there is more within you.
2: Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I think most people have this inherent natural need to be more spiritually aware. And this is part of it. This is part of being more aware. When you can actually start working and feeling and understanding energy and how that applies to your life in general, then you're able to actually see things a little bit more esoterically.
0: So how cool is it that she was adopted yet somehow she figured out that tea leaf reading actually ran in her family generations before –
1: I agree with you. When you were saying, you know, I don't know if that's a fluke, I just don't think that it is. I think there's definitely something to that.
0: It goes to speak to the fact that there's an energetic signature that runs through us that you can't explain in some fashion. So very fascinating. And I got to tell you, the history of tea leaf reading is equally so. When we come back, we're going to get into more of that with Amy Taylor. Stay with us. We'll be right back here on Steeping Around.
3: Hello everyone, this is Nick coming at you from the Maya Tea Company. Although most of my work is limited to assisting the company at the local Tucson Farmers Markets, the benefits in working in and around the Maya Tea Company are many. When I first started to work here, it dawned on me that they had a huge supply of yerba mate, which just happens to be my favorite stimulating beverage. It felt as though I was right at home. When I used to do a lot of travel and keeping long hours playing in a band and going to college, Yerba Mate was my beverage of choice. I've been drinking Yerba Mate for years now, and I appreciate that it doesn't make me quite as jittery as coffee. It has a host of vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, amino acids, a list goes on. Working for the Maya Tea Company in the Tucson Farmer's Markets requires that you are on your A-game at all times. And for me, Yerba Mate is the perfect beverage to assist with that. So the next time you're in the market for purchasing some of the finest Yerma Mate, visit us at mayat.com, and don't forget to enter the coupon code STEEP to receive 15% off. Thank you so much.
0: Welcome back to Steeping Around. I'm your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea in studio with co-host Lisa, talking about tassiomancy and the art of tea leaf reading. I know that I had a lot of questions about tea leaf reading. And if any of you folks have some, feel free to email the show. The email address for the show is steep at mayat.com. That's S-T-E-E-P at com, And we'll forward those over to Amy and see if we can get some of those answered. Of course, if you email the show and we use your question, we will certainly send you some free tea, which is kind of our way of saying thank you for participating in this conversation. If you're a fan of the show, please make sure you fan us on Facebook. We have Facebook sites for both Steeping Around as well as the Maya Tea Company. And if you are interested in getting some tea leaves, whether to read or just to consume, best place that we can think of is from our website, www.mayatea.com. That's M-A-Y-A-T-E-A.com. com. Now, prior to actually having the conversation with Amy, I didn't really know a lot about the history of tea leaf reading, and you actually did some of the research.
1: Yes, but I mean, I barely scratched the surface when I was doing the research, and Amy really kind of clarified a lot of points for me.
0: Well, let's hear what Amy has to say about the history of tea leaf reading, some of the other things that they've used to read people's fortunes besides tea. And we also talk about something called the Nelrose Cup of Fortune. Let's hear what she has to say. So let's talk a little bit about the history of this art slash science. Where does tassiomancy really come from? Because I have to tell you, as a tea guy, I know a ton about the leaf. I know a ton about its preparation, its origins, all of these things. But this is a subject I know very little about. So tell me a little bit about the history of tea leaf reading and tassiomancy.
2: Well, tassiomancy and tea leaf reading, same thing, really. Tassio's cup and Nancy is form of divination. It's been around, they say, probably since the time that tea was discovered, because the Chinese are very much big into omens. And because the Chinese are the ones that discovered tea and started creating the plantations in different ways to formulate it, it really makes a lot of sense that it would have started there. But there is nothing written that confirms that. The closest we can come to is information from the 1600s, and it's when it's actually hitting areas of Europe. And they say the gypsies actually brought it to all of the upper class and stuff. So the most information comes from the 1600s.
0: So, the gypsies brought it to Europe. Mm-hmm. And so, 1600s, that's quite an old art.
2: It is. It's a form of geomancy, which is actually finding meaning and symbols. So, like an Indian shaman, they would actually take mm-hmm. sand and stones, and in some cases, bones. In some cases, they would use the entrails, depending on the culture that they're a part of, and they would divine from those things. So, they would see symbols in these things. It's very much the same thing with tea leaf reading, because one leaf can form a shape or a numerous amount of leaves, depending on the size of them, can form a shape. So really, you're interpreting just the symbols. It's kind of like looking for signs in everything around you.
0: And, you know, there are signs in everything around us if you are sensitive and you are aware and focused. And so I think that this idea of symbolism in the grand scheme of things is very relevant in our times based upon your sensitivity. So I understand that you know, over the years, and you alluded to it a little bit earlier, shamans used bones and skins and entrails and, and so forth. My understanding that people use things like wax mm-hmm. Lead, metals.
2: Yes, metals not so much anymore. In fact, wax is ceromancy, and that's actually still used to this day. But, you know, you're dealing with a molten object, essentially, and they're dripping it into water. And the formations of the wax in water Mm -hmm. is what they're reading. So they're reading whatever symbolism they can attach to what they're seeing in those formations. Again, it's just an interpretation of the symbols. But when I talk about the shamans as well, we have them casting stones or they're casting bones or in the African Houdan traditions, they're casting cowrie shells and they're interpreting what those shells are saying by how they land, whether turning one side up or one side down or if they're close together in groups, they're interpreting those symbols and reading that. So really tea leaf reading is very much the same because when you're tipping the contents out of the cup and taking a look inside, you're interpreting those symbols that are left behind by the leaves and the space in between as well.
0: All right. So I have something that came up in our research that is interesting. This Nelrose Cup of Fortune.
2: (laughs) What is that? Okay. So the Nelrose Cup of Fortune, that was something that was created by Ainsley in England. Ainsley China makers, they make beautiful teacups and saucers. Really expensive, gorgeous stuff. And it was 1904, I think it came out, late 1800s, early 1900s. So the Nell Rose Cup of Fortune is interesting because the time that it was created... People in England specifically were becoming very enamored by the occult. And all of these different areas of occultism were becoming very interesting and intriguing, as well as all kinds of forms of divination. So this is why this whole thing was created by Ainsley. So there was a book that came with it and the whole deal, and a lot of it was actually based off Chinese symbolism and stuff, and it was really quite unique.
0: So really, Rose Cup of Fortune is an actual original cup developed by Ainsley, who is a cup manufacturer, specifically for this art. Yes.
2: And it had its own booklet and instructions and the whole deal. So it wasn't used by a traditional tea leaf feeder. This is used by somebody that was interested in the occult aspect of reading their own fortune on a daily basis. Some people, I don't know, for example, some people will pull out a pendulum and actually use the pendulum to answer questions with. So the Ainsley Cup of Fortune that they had, the Nalrose Cup of Fortune was the same thing.
0: Wow. So really, this is about a person having something special in their own hands for them to, say, tap into guidance on a daily basis.
2: Absolutely. Now, in I think it was the late 90s, early 2000s, there was an author by the name of Jane Lyle, who's a tea leaf reader, and she created something called the Cup of Destiny based off of the design from the Nellro's Cup of Fortune. So you can still get these kits where you would actually get the cup and the saucer and the book to tell you how to use it. Same sort of idea as the now Rose Cup of Fortune, but completely modernized. And you can still find those. You can find them on eBay for like 45 bucks, I think. You can also find, rarely though, you can find the Cup of Knowledge by Ainsley with the playing cards and stuff. They're gorgeous, though. They're absolutely beautiful teacups.
0: Well, if these beautiful Nelrose Cup of Fortunes are available on ebay perhaps we should get one or set into this my tea company so that you can do tea leaf readings
1: oh absolutely and i did have the opportunity to look them up online and they really truly are beautiful although amy talks a lot about them she didn't really explain how they actually look there's a series of planetary symbols on the top and then a series of symbols as you go lower into the cup and each one represents something different and how the leaves fall so it's really interesting and i think we should get one
0: Okay, so if I get some, will you learn how to do tea leaf reading? Yes. And then do a bunch for me? Yes. Nice.
1: Yes, I will be happy to do that. One for Sarah, too. Absolutely.
0: That's awesome. Well, it's been a really, really cool subject to explore. And next week, we're going to dive into it a little further with Amy. We're actually going to get into the process of how a tea leaf reading goes down. What does it involve? And then what do the leaves really tell you? And what can you really gain in a tea leaf reading? It's really a fascinating conversation. You definitely want to stay with us for that.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Well, I want to thank all of you for listening this week and thank you, to Lisa for joining me on the show.
1: Oh no, it's my pleasure. Thanks.
0: And until next week, please remember we're so happy to ring in the new year steeping around with you. See you next week.